You know, God is at work among us, and for years he has been at work in and through the life of Josh Luce. Now, for the past 12 years, our guest has served on the pastoral staff at Lincoln Berean, beginning in youth ministry and now serving as an associate lead pastor. Josh, welcome to The Morning Conversation. So good to be talking with you. Yeah, so we'd love to hear your spiritual journey, how you came to fall in love with Jesus. I have a story where my family was deeply passionate about Jesus. Mm. Um, So as long as I can remember, uh, he was just the main priority in our home and in our life. And I saw something incredibly different Hmm. uh, when I looked at my family that I wanted to be a part of. Hmm. Were your parents in ministry at all? They were not. No, my dad's a doctor. Uh, My mom has just poured into her kids and her family. I love that. I was actually hoping you'd say that because you were talking about, man, they shared the gospel and they lived this reality, this attractive Christian life in front of me. And they weren't in ministry, right? They're just normal Christ followers. So in, yeah. the, in the midst of that, so at a young age, you make a commitment to Christ, and was there wavering? Did you question it later on down the road? God was so gracious just to show who He was uh, through those young years and in the high school, and, and there was a passion that I had. I just wanted to follow Him. I knew hmm. sometimes people know an understanding of God just in their mind, but for me, I knew, man, this, this is way deeper than that. Hmm. He's the real thing. But I do think in college, my freshman year, there was a, a point where I realized I've got a decision to make more in this. And I went to a school that was a little crazier than I had thought it would be (laughs) when I showed up my freshman year. And I realized right away, it's either I'm all in for Jesus and that's going to stand out completely in the setting Mm -hmm. or else I'm walking away from all of it. And there was no question in my mind that I was all in Mm -hmm. for Jesus. And so he just started giving me an opportunity to take what I'd found in Christ and start to spread it across that campus Mm -hmm. in ways that I never expected. Uh, But there was something in that that would just light up my faith every time. Mm -hmm. So once again, loving your story, because plenty of us have fallen and God's brought us back graciously and transformed our life over time, progressively and deeper. But it's also good to know, especially as parents and grandparents Mm -hmm. with kids and grandparents, grandkids to say, but they could kind of stay. They could experience mm-hmm. Jesus in a real and dynamic way when they're young that carries them on throughout their life. So that's, I love that part of your story. Absolutely. And it's not to say that I, I was perfect in any way, right. right? But through all of my failures within that, my eyes continue to be focused on Jesus, knowing that he, he was the way. I didn't ever want to leave that, even though I'd given to my selfishness and mm-hmm. my selfish desires along the way. Josh, you were just talking about Coming to Christ young, going into college, you know, making that decision that, okay, the things I'm saying here in the worldly sense, I'm not going to get into, I'm going to make a stand for Christ and live passionately in front of my peers in college. So was that the first place that you started to get a taste for God using your life ministry-wise? Yeah, it was actually. So I thought through high school and into college, maybe I'd follow in my dad's footsteps and be a doctor. Hmm. I I wanted to help people. Uh, And so that's where I started out my my track for that freshman year. I thought I was going to play sports at college. I thought I was going to marry this girl. And I remember sitting in my dorm room, just going, God, I'm trying to follow you. I'll do whatever you want. I thought this was it. Just just show me what's what's going on. So I called up a a friend of mine that was a pastor from back home. And I just said, Hey, if I'm thinking about ministry, what should I do? And he said, just find a church and start to get involved. Mm, So good. I went home for Christmas break. I remember praying through it and came back after Christmas break and God's so crazy how he just orchestrates things together. But I was actually in an FCA meeting there. There was a pastor that had come that night and he said, hey, we're looking for college students to help in our youth ministry. We don't have a youth pastor right now. And it was 
it couldn't have been any more clear <laughs> that God was saying, Hey, Josh, here's your opportunity. And so I hopped in and started serving there. And it was about six months later, they brought me on staff and mm. just the journey of it. None of it made sense. Mm. It reminds me of Acts where they said they were ordinary, uneducated, unschooled people, right. right? But they took note they had been with Jesus. Yeah. That's all that I could explain through it is that I was just following Jesus and he continued to open doors. And that was my first step in the youth That's ministry. So, good. so once again, I keep saying this throughout this morning, I love your story. I love your journey. And uh, the part I like about this part, what you were just saying is so often I've heard people go, man, I want to get into ministry and they're waiting for some point or some something instead of going, mm-hmm. no, if you want to go into ministry, minister, like right, go. Right. Because we're, we're all ministers, yes. right? We should all yes. be in ministry. Yes. Yeah. 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 And through that, you, you get affirmation and confirmation of, yes, God wants more and more and more of you. He's gifted you in that way. He's given you passion. Your, your, your ministry is getting confirmed as well as your heart in ministry is getting developed. And it can lead to more and more training and all that kind of stuff down the road. But man, if you want yeah. to be in ministry, congratulations, you are now in ministry. Go. You know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> And that was exactly my story. As I started getting into that, I started realizing, boy, I could use more education that would help equip me for some of these yes. things. And so took probably uh, a different route than normal, but God just opened the door for that to continue through it. So Josh, you uh, you get involved with youth ministry. You go off and get education. You come back. You spent how long in youth ministry after your educational experience? A majority of my ministry <laughs> life has been there. So I, I've uh, been in ministry now for about 20, 24, 23, 24 years. Wow. And the majority of that has been in youth ministry. So why youth ministry? I love teenagers. Mm-hmm. I, there is so much passion and excitement and fun and just everything wrapped up within those years. But but even more than that, there's so many formational things that are happening that are leading to lifelong decisions and lifelong impact in those right. years. And so as I was in church, uh, we had a youth pastor for a little bit, but a majority of my time uh, in the church that I grew up was just adults in our church pouring into us. And I realized how much that meant in my life. Mm. And I just wanted to, to have a part of doing the exact same thing with, with other, uh, with other people in that season. Part of it too, probably I'm, I'm pretty immature myself. So maybe I fit well (laughs) in that spot, but I, uh, I actually, my journey, I was a youth pastor in in two different churches uh, in, in Crete and then back in my home church in Iowa and then went out and was a part of a church plant. Hmm. And then after that church plant actually came back into youth ministry. So I don't know many guys that (laughs) kind of have that story going back in, but there's just something about that season. I feel like in my heart, I'm going to be a youth pastor for life because there's something in equipping that next generation of the church that is such a gift and so powerful for the future of the church and for the current church right now. Josh, I'd love to hear just your heart for the church, right? So again, mm-hmm. yeah, you've got this heart for ministry, your heart for youth, but again, that could have played out lots of different ways. Yeah, I'd love to just have you this share your heart for specifically the bride of Christ, the church. I, I, I love the church. I just think uh, what a gift to join with people in following Jesus and to, to get to walk alongside them and, uh, God's wired me as a shepherd. Uh, I just, I care about people. And so even through my journey, when I was thinking about uh, being a doctor, I realized at some point, no, it's not their physical heart that I think God wants me to work with. It's their spiritual heart. Mm -hmm. Like he wants me to shepherd and care for him. And uh, just to be able to see when people are able to realize all that Jesus is and and run to him in, in the most difficult points in life, in the incredible points in their life and 
the fact that he invites them to join on mission together. And when, when you get to watch people grasp those things, there's just no greater joy. And so uh, I, I see it as a gift, obviously being a pastor, uh, even over the last couple of years, uh, there's a lot of moments that it's not felt like a gift, but boy, is it ever a gift to walk with, with people through their desire to follow Jesus. Josh, as we're just talking about the church, why is it important if I'm listening this morning and I'm one of those, like I'm one of those people that I love God and seek to walk with him and love being sitting underneath the teaching of the word, but getting that online. So Hmm. what's the importance of me actually physically reconnecting with with the church? One of the aspects is remembering what the church is. And for us, whenever we are getting up uh, on the weekend and heading to the physical location where our church is. Mm-hmm. We've always made it a point with our kids to say, Hey kids, we're going to be with our church, mm-hmm. not we're going to church so because we want them to continue to remember that the church is not a place. It's the people. And you can't replace that. You can't somehow substitute people with some other thing. And so as a church, uh, when we gather together, it's not just for us. God's going to use us to minister to others in that same time. And that's what we've been talking about mm-hmm. even through this, this conversation, but it's an opportunity to go and say, God, uh, what, what do you want to speak to me about? I want to pour out my heart in praise, but I also want to be active and caring about the people that are sitting right around me and knowing what's going on in their life. And when I go with that posture, he constantly opens up opportunities for me to minister and be a part of that, whether I'm a pastor or whether it's my kids with that same intentionality. It really, in a lot of ways, it has exposed for many of us, and I can be 100% guilty of this, so I'm pointing at myself, right? If church is, you know, buzzing in last minute, sitting down in the pew in the back seat and uh, listening to a sermon and enjoying the worship music and then getting up and leaving, it's far less compelling to reconnect with that, right? And be because again, I get a lot of that, that experience at home and a lot more comfortable. Absolutely. You know, grab my own comfy chair and cup of coffee and mm-hmm. chill, you know, and take it in. But that's not what God's intention of the church is. It's to be this body of believers who are in relationship and in journey together and, you know, meeting each other's needs and helping each other grow. I heard somebody compare it to either it's like a bag of marbles or it's a cluster of grapes, right? Mm-hmm. One is just all individuals mm-hmm. wow. in a bag. Another is interconnected and mm-hmm. uh, there's life flowing through it. And I, the way we grow is with people. We can't grow apart from people. And so that's such an important aspect. Yeah. Great picture. Love that picture. Josh, our uh, spiritual focus this year has been on B1 and God's call for unity within the church. What do you think makes it challenging? I mean, it's mm-hmm. clear. I mean, you can't read scripture without seeing specifically the New Testament, without uh, real clear admonition, and even prayer, Jesus' longest recorded prayer, he's praying three different times for us to be one. But in the midst of that, why is it so challenging? I, I think looking at my life, I'll give you that picture. Maybe that <laughs> maybe that explains a little bit of it. But I think for me, when, when unity is a challenge, it usually comes from two sources, either my pride or my insecurity. Hmm. Um, so my pride in that somehow I have to have some status or I I have to have something that would give me a full feeling of security. Uh, and so I think you see that within churches and that's what creates competition or some kind of unhealthy drive mm. that doesn't allow us to join together and work together, or it's an insecurity. It's somehow thinking in order to be a good church, these things fill in the blank have to be a part of it. And look at that church, they've got it and we don't. Or So it, it creates a competition. It, it creates 
walls up against us, but it also happens within the church. Pride and insecurity can disrupt the church inside as well and, and cause gossip and cause mm. us to chase after our agendas and our ways rather than continuing to surrender those and go, God, what are you leading us to? How can mm. I follow you? Josh, I heard a pastor say years ago, eternity with Jesus in heaven is infinitely better than we what we could ever experience here on earth. And the reason he's tarrying, the reason he hasn't come back or taken us up is because there's people who don't know him yet. Like that's our purpose, right? We've got to be about that together. Let's link arms. Let's put aside our pettiness and let's get about the business that God's called us to be about. One of the things that completely opened my eyes to that need was when we moved out to Colorado and, and we're a part of a church plant out there. And what was so different is I had been in established churches before that, where every weekend you would just show up and there would be a bunch of people that would show up in the same place. And for the first time in my life, a weekend came and nobody was going to show up. Mm. There was there was no church uh, other than a handful of families that had moved out to the spot. And it started making me realize that I could go about my normal life like I had before and just hope people would come. And so it reprioritized me thinking every day is an opportunity to pursue people. And so... I started filling up at the same gas station every time because the same guy owned it and worked at it. And I thought I could develop a relationship so with this good. guy and at some point maybe talk about Jesus. Because we realized if we don't interact with people and have intentionality for people throughout the week, then there's not going to be opportunity to share Jesus. And without people following Jesus, there's not a church established in that place to continue to carry the gospel. And it totally refocused all my attention throughout the day and what that means during the week what that means for the church on the weekend. I love that. I remember hearing um, an evangelist and he talked about, he so normalized it. He said, mm -hmm. it's about as you go. If you say my normal course isn't around non-believers, his statement was then change your course. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. Absolutely. What you're talking about, right? No, I'm going to go to this gas station. I'm going to keep going to yeah. that gas station, not because it's the cheapest in town, but because there's people there that need Jesus. The day that I saw the guy at the gas station in the park, something just clicked. The conversation went to a whole nother level because we already had had that established beginning, just touch points and God just opened opportunities through that. Mm. But I think in the church too, sometimes it just takes rethinking things that are good, but that we could do even better with this priority. So maybe a lot of our churches have uh, some kind of sports or basketball league within the church. All these things that we could actually take out of that facility and go join into some place in our city that's doing those same things. We can still love that basketball game and get in it, but we could do it at the rec or at the Y in a way that we could actually interact with people that don't know Jesus in the process. Josh, do you think that in some ways, if we're not careful as the church and as churches, we can be too busy? <laughs> like too, can we have Absolutely. too many internal programs that keep us from engaging with the culture around us? A hundred percent. And I think Stan, if I'm honest, that's, that's a challenge even through this week, as I've been praying about this time for me, uh, because when we're too busy, it changes our intentionality. And so there have been opportunities for me, even over this last season, through some sports leagues with my kids, uh, where I'm interacting with people from school, where I'm interacting with people in the community. But as I'm going to those games, I'm not going with intentionality of like, who could I sit by? Who could I get to know? Who could I uh, just be praying for? Instead, I'm thinking, I'm exhausted from the day. There's a game. I want to go be quiet, and then I want to go home. Mm -hmm. So, I think overcrowding and not creating margin in our schedules personally and as a church can really disrupt our opportunity to be focused and on mission 
for people outside the church. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. And people who don't currently know Jesus, they think about spiritual things. That's mm-hmm. the thing that I've thought over the years that a lot of times we as Christ followers feel like, oh, you know, they don't want to talk about this. This is kind of talking about something to me. No, people who like the non-Christian people who are, pre, I call them pre-Christians because we have hope for them, right? Right. <laughs> they think and talk with their non-Christian friends about spirituality. That's like, that's not like a Absolutely. foreign thing. It's more uncomfortable for the believer a lot of times in our own psyche and thinking about it than it is for a person who doesn't know Jesus. I think that's why in Colossians chapter four, he says to devote yourselves to be to prayer, right? So we're praying, but then he says, uh, be watchful hmm. and pray for an open door. Yeah. And I think there are people that are searching constantly. Hmm. So when we start praying, God, give me opportunities with people that are, are searching. We start to see those opportunities hmm. because they are searching. That opens the door for us to be ready to share the gospel. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so just normal, right? Normal life, doing life, but doing it with intentionality and focus and purpose. And so the Absolutely. same thing with churches, right? So as churches, being the church, but doing it with intentionality and clarity on the ultimate call of God for the church. And sometimes it's everyday things. Like for us, we're thinking through even the end of this month, there's opportunities like that all over if we actually have that in our mind that we want to see God at work and we want to reach people. Josh, what are you excited about right now with the the church? I'm excited about a lot of things. I think uh, one thing is we've been talking about this this month as our church uh, and just talking about loving our neighbors and encouraging people to start with the people that are right around them. Mm. Uh, And so whether it's taking a walk around the block and being mindful that in that walk, I could uh, interact with the neighbor. I might have an opportunity for a conversation with the neighbor Uh, or whether it's uh, being intentional with our meals. We got to eat. All of us got to eat. What if we decided we're going to eat and try and eat with somebody that we're working with once a week and use that meal intentionally? Um, just everyday normal op- opportunities. What if rather than pulling in our garage, we pulled in the driveway and mm-hmm. got out looking for more opportunities to actually interact with neighbors uh, in that process? So starting realizing it's not just a one month task, right? But if we can keep that as a priority in our minds to do that this month, could we do that every month? Can we start to develop a lifestyle that really thinks and prays for the people that God has put us specifically in the neighborhood with right around us. That's something I'm really excited about. I'm excited about the intentionality and missions that goes overseas too. But also we've we've had a really fun opportunity to join with another church in Nebraska and be a part of their church plant uh, this last year. And that has been really exciting too. Well, Josh, our time with you this morning has been so good. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your heart with us this morning and helping us to think about why the church matters so much in our culture. Really appreciate you spending the time with us today. It was fun talking about this. And man, this gets me excited. Boy, if we could see this in our state and in our city, just think what God could do with this intentionality.